Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Man, well, good morning, Church for All Nations. It is so good to see you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us on a beautiful Labor Day weekend. A lot of times it's cloudy on Labor Day and over the weekend, but man, we're just going to continue with the sunny weather and all the good things that are happening. So thank you so much for taking time to join us this morning. Well, my name is Pastor Eric. My wife, Stephanie, and I are the small groups and family pastors here at Church for All Nations. And uh, we're just honored to be able to share with you a little bit about what God has put on our hearts coming into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, But before I get into the word, I want to encourage you, if you have not yet gone into and gone through growth track, I'm telling you, you got to do it. It's such an incredible opportunity, not just to learn about who we are at Church for All Nations, but to learn who you are, to learn what God has put inside of you. We explore a little bit about who we are, but we explore the giftings that God put inside of you, the leadership potential that God put inside of you, the personality that he specifically placed inside of you in this four-step class. So if you haven't yet gone to cfan.church to register for Growth Track, do that as soon as this service is over. You can take the Wednesday night class, which is online via Zoom, or you can register for the uh, in-person class, which happens right here on the campus of Church for All Nations at 11 a.m. So either way, make sure you get to Growth Track. It's going to be awesome. It's been an awesome class as we continue to just minister to our community and getting you involved with the dream team. So, well, this series called When You has been amazing. I mean, a three-part, really short, like three-part series on disciplines, spiritual disciplines that seem so non-essential in our 21st century American society, but Jesus actually said, They are essential when he said, when you give, like Pastor JF and Pastor Ashley in the very first week of this series, not only did they teach us about that teaching of Jesus saying, when you give, but they gave us some really easy how-tos, maybe when you feel like you don't have a lot to offer. And then last week, Pastor JF, man, gave us like a 20-point message on how to just apply the Lord's Prayer. Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And he actually gave us seven points on this is how you can apply it to your daily life today, right now. So if you haven't seen those, make sure you check them out on our YouTube channel because they're really great teachings. Well, before we get into the Word, I want to tell you a little bit about me and who I am, but actually in this case, who I'm not. And what I'm not is a mechanic, okay? That's just like, I'm not, my, my wife is more handy sometimes than I am, right? I've come home and there's been shelves built and there's been dryers torn apart. It's just not who I am. But sometimes you, as, as a homeowner, you still have to be responsible, right? So in the springtime, this year specifically, you know, I was thinking about this and and you still got to get the power tools out after the yard is like you know starting to spring like the the grass is starting to grow in the springtime and the weeds are starting so you got to get the power equipment out so i was uh we have this little riding lawnmower and i was charging the battery from sitting all winter and i put fresh 
fuel in the tank, you know, because you don't want the old stuff from, from last year. You got to have fresh fuel in the tank. And uh, so I sat down and grabbed the key and sat on the, uh, on the seat and turned the key over. And this is what I heard. Rawr, 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 rawr. Hey, no problem. No problem. It's cold, right? It's been a long winter. I'm still cold from the winter, right, at this point. And so make sure the choke's engaged again. And I just, I'm flooding it. You can smell gas. It's a disaster. And for someone who's not a mechanic, like things like that cause a slight bit of panic inside of me because my immediate thought is, well, how much is this going to cost me, right? And so anyway, but I, I remembered a lesson that my dad taught me. And he said, bud, you need three elements to start an engine. You need compression, you need fuel, and you need spark. Well, I knew that I had compression because I could hear it and I saw the motor turning over, right? So I knew I had that element. And then I knew that I had fuel because I just put fuel in the tank. Um, which then made me think, well, maybe I need spark. So I uh, took out the spark plug and sure enough, man, that spark plug was, it was all fouled up. It was, and I had no spark. And wouldn't you know that that one element that I was missing kept me from getting the desired result. And so I exchanged the spark plug, man, put a new one in, and I got the key, and that sucker, man, fired right up. And so you know what I did? Is I told my son to go mow the lawn. All right, can I get an amen? Yes, come on, parents. But you know, <clears throat> sometimes uh, we're just missing that one key element in our lives. And so today we're gonna talk about what Jesus said. When you fast, do it this way way. So we're going to keep looking at the text that we've been in, Matthew chapter 6, as we prepare for our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which begins this Tuesday in just two days, like Pastor Ashley said, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So let's look at the text, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 is where it starts. He says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Well, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by the Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret, will reward you. You know, you've heard us joke about like what fasting isn't, okay? Fasting isn't the Christian diet and the opportunity for you to shed the last 10 pounds that are just hanging on, right? The pesky pounds that you can't get rid of. That's not fasting. Fasting isn't an opportunity for you to draw attention to yourself. And so people can say, you're so spiritual, brother. Oh, sister, if I could just do what you did. No, that's not what fasting is. Fasting, simply put, is going without food for a certain amount of time so that you can focus on your relationship with the Lord. It is just getting in and deepening our walk with Jesus. So today, what I want to do is appeal to your 
spiritual appetite and help prepare you for this 21 days and what God wants to do in you and what he wants to do for you and what he wants to do through you and what he wants to do to you. And I say this with deep conviction because this week I was telling my family, actually, we were sitting around outside, you know, at the dinner table on the back porch or whatever. And I said, man, God is wrecking me with this stuff. Like, so you need to know that when I'm, everything I'm saying to you and what the spirit has downloaded to me, you got to know that I'm talking to me first. Okay. And I just hope that you also can receive what the Lord has put on to my heart. So I want to give you three points of contemplation. You can call them expectation, whatever you want, but three points of contemplation as we enter into this season of the upcoming fast. And the first one is this, believe for breakthrough. Come on, believe for breakthrough, no matter what your situation is. Look at Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 14. It says, when they had come to the multitude, they being the disciples, a man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, pausing right there. The funny thing about that is already Jesus in chapter 10 of Matthew, in the book of Matthew, had said to the disciples, go out and heal the sick. Go out and cast out demons and cleanse the leopard. He had already given them the authority to do these things. Verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus in secret. They came to him privately. How many know that a lot of battles, a lot of healing, it doesn't take place publicly. It takes place privately. Questions are answered privately, not publicly. And they said, Jesus, why could we not cast this out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you would have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. So I just want to start off, no matter what your situation, I want to start off by saying nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing is impossible in your situation this morning. That's what Jesus said. He, he didn't even say that we have to have big faith to move mountains, just that, the size of a mustard seed. But maybe even right now, Wherever you're watching this from, you're feeling like the disciples felt in that moment of failure. You're feeling defeated. You're feeling deflated. You're feeling demoralized because of what you've had to walk through or because you thought you could do something on your own. 
or because of something you did and you shouldn't have done. But he says, on this backdrop of failure, on this backdrop of humiliation, on the backdrop of them unsuccessfully being able to heal this boy, he says, guys, nothing will be impossible for you. And he says, man, if we would just look at that mountain of a mess that's been staring down at us, what the enemy wants you to see as an obstacle, he wants you to see as an opportunity that nothing will be impossible. If you say, get out of my way, mountain, if only we have the faith the size of a mustard seed. See, maybe today, You've been trying to start the engine of spiritual breakthrough and you've been using the compression of prayer and you've been using that fuel of faith, but you're still not getting your desired result. So what you need to not do is get blocked by the barrier that the enemy is putting in front of you, but instead step into the breakthrough that God has for you, that he's predestined for you, that he wants to put inside of your life by adding that spark of fasting. And he said, he said, because this kind, this kind in verse 21 does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind will not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, I don't know, friends, what this kind is for you. I don't know what that kind is and what you've been up against over and over and over, but maybe it's time to put it to fast and allow God, allow Jesus to finally cast it out from your situation so that he can fulfill the greatest purposes and the greatest plan that he has for your life. You know, before Jesus ever called the disciples and said, follow me, before he, he taught in any synagogue, before any of the miracles, before any of the healings, he fasted in secret. See, the only other two beings that knew that he was even fasting were his father and his foe. See, when we go on a fast, we're not just going without food. We're going on a hunger strike against the gates of hell. You know what I'm saying? Because Jesus knew that there are some things that cannot be accomplished except through prayer and fasting. So let me tell you, if you need breakthrough, you need to fast. And the more, the, the greater the, the situation, the, the more bleak it looks, the greater the opportunity that Jesus has to come in and work a miracle in your life. Because nothing, come on, nothing, put it in the chat. Come on, put it in the chat. Say, nothing will be impossible for me. Nothing will be impossible for me. Believe for Breakthrough, number two. Number two, break out of the box of your religious routine. Now this one hits kind of close to home because we're all out of our routines right now. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's tough, right? It's tough. When we've been out of our routine for a long time and, and, and we like our routines. If we didn't like our routines, we wouldn't have our routines anymore. 
But over the last six months, there's really been nothing routine about what we've been going through. Psalm chapter 50, it says this, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My friend, Pastor Jordan Jones, he always likes it. Which, by the way, Pastor Jordan Jones is our student ministries pastor. Parents, if your student is not connected to Student Nation, get them connected to Student Nation. Just for the last two weeks, we've seen testimony after testimony. They've been doing student share nights of students that right now, even in the midst of being stuck at home, the Holy Spirit's not stuck and the Holy Spirit's working in the lives of these young people about what God is doing. If you are grades six through 12 or you're the parent or the auntie or the uncle or the grandparent of a student man, get them involved with Student Nation on Instagram, on Facebook, on their YouTube channel. Check it out. Anyway, Pastor Jordan likes to say, he likes to follow up that with saying, not only does God own the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns the hills that the cattle are standing on, right? See, the Bible says later on in that passage that the earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it. So let me tell you something, friends. God does not rely on our routine, okay? He does not long for our leftovers. He does not hunger for our heartless activity. See, in John chapter 4, Jesus was going to Samaria on his way from Galilee uh, from, from Galilee to Judea. And, and what's significant about that is that most Jews would pass Samaria by going a full day's journey around so they didn't have to go through Samaria. But that wasn't the case here because Jesus had a purpose. And so he was going to go through Samaria to minister to a certain Samaritan woman. And the disciples they went to go get food because you see, eating was part of their routine. They went to go get lunch. But Jesus had something else to do. See, Jesus was about to feast on fulfilling the function that the Father put inside of him. And so what happened was Jesus goes up to the well and this lady, she didn't even know she was going to have an encounter with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you don't even know when Jesus is going to show up at that well, when Jesus is going to show up on that doorstep. And I'm going to paraphrase here. Okay. You've, you've heard of the message paraphrase. You're about to get the manly paraphrase. And this is what it says in John chapter four. He goes up to the well and he says to the woman, he says, I need you to give me a drink. And puzzled, she says to him, Sir, how am I supposed to give you a drink when you didn't bring anything to draw water with? You don't even have a cup. And Jesus turns to the woman and he's like, Sister, you don't need a cup. When you're the well, do you hear what I'm saying? He said, I am the living water. If you drink what I'm giving you, you won't be thirsty anymore. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever seeks after me won't hunger anymore. Whoever believes in me, he won't thirst anymore. 
And the woman goes on in their conversation and she says, well, what about this? Because our ancestors, see, my tradition, my routine says that we're supposed to worship on this hill right over here. But you Jews, you say we have to go to Jerusalem in order to worship. But look at Jesus's response in John chapter 4, verse 23. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come. Come on, say now, say now, wherever you're at, put it in the chat. Say right now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and they'll worship him in truth for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Listen, friends, it's way too easy to only recognize the inconveniences of a global pandemic when it prevents us from coming to a building once a week in order for us to get in our religious routine. But now is a new day. Now is a new time. Now is a new opportunity. Instead of coming to a church and wanting the programs and, and getting fed by the activities. See, that was just the thing is we were getting well fed, but yet we were still malnourished because God wanted to do more through us. So now instead of coming to a building once a week, we've learned how to honor God online. We've learned how to commune with him in our cars. We've learned how to worship him in our work. We've learned, we, we, we've learned how to, to honor him. We've learned how to love him in our living rooms. Guys, there is a whole new ball game. There is no right place. There is no wrong place for us to worship the Lord when we worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's time for us to break out of the box of routine and trade it in for revival because that's what he wants. See, something happens just like Jesus when we begin to feast on fulfilling the function that the Father put inside of us, that he put inside of you. So the disciples come back, right? They went and they grabbed the food and they brought it back. Verse 31, and they're urging Jesus. They're saying, Rabbi, brother, you, you got to eat something. You got to eat something. And, and Jesus says, I have food to eat that you don't even know about. And then they're all confused and they start looking at one another and they're saying, uh, uh, has anyone brought him? Did you bring him something to eat? I didn't bring, did you bring him something to eat? Because I didn't bring something to eat. But look at what he says in verse 34. He says to him, my will is to do, uh, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. See, in this fast, we may not be eating the four course meal, but we're gonna get filled up by being about our father's business. We're gonna get satisfied by the spirit who fills us up. See, fasting is a way of renewing ourselves spiritually, and it stirs up a hunger, friends, that can only be satisfied by the Holy Spirit. It's us offering our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him, just like it says in Romans chapter 12. See, fasting is a form of worship to the Lord, and it breaks us out of the box of our spiritual routine. Third thing I want you to contemplate as we get into this season. Be ready for the blessing. Come on, somebody. Be ready for the blessing. I'll tell you what. Um, 
I am grateful to be in the Pacific Northwest. You know what I'm saying? Like this season is so amazing. And every aspect, every aspect of life happens in seasons, right? You know what I'm saying? Like right now we're, we're, we're in summer and we're kind of on the tail end of summer. And again, I'm just so grateful that this Labor Day, it's nice. Usually it's like nice leading up to Labor Day. Then Labor Day weekend, it gets cloudy. And then after Labor Day, we get a few more days of sun. But uh, life happens in the in, in seasons. And for, for us, you know, uh, being in the Pacific Northwest, we've been able to enjoy this summer because like around here, we can be in, in an hour and a half, you're up in the mountains. Like we've been up in the mountains swimming in like nature's swimming pool, right? Crystal blue water. It's been amazing. And then the next week we go down and we're jumping waves in the Pacific Ocean, right? It's just so awesome. But See, fasting gets us ready for the next season. See, just as summer's coming to an end, fasting gets us ready for what's next. It's getting ready for, for, for what's new. And I want to highlight a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 about King Jehoshaphat. And he finds out that three armies are coming against him. Three armies at one time. And he didn't find out before they were on their way. This wasn't something that he could plan for. He found out when they were like in his backyard. You know what I'm saying? Like they were 25 miles away from his camp. Three enemies coming against him at once. This is a big deal. So let's look at what King Jehoshaphat does in verse 3 of chapter 20. He says, alarmed, alarmed, come on. You might be worried today about what's happening. You might feel anxious today. Pastor Jay, I've talked about it, about the situation because the enemy is bearing down on you. The situation is more than you can bear. It's okay to be alarmed. It's what you do next that's gonna be your most important step, your most important move. It says Jehoshaphat resolved, he resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. See, in the face of the battle, he focused on the Father through fasting, right in the middle of it. And it was in that fast, in the short amount of time, as they were preparing for the battle, that God sent a prophetic word to him and said, guess what? I got some good news for you. I got some good news. And this is what it says in verse 15. It says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army that's coming against you because the battle is not yours. It's God's. Somebody's got to hear what I'm saying this morning because this is what God is trying to tell you this morning. As you're getting ready, as you're facing the fight and you don't know what you're going to do, you're alarmed. Well, I'm telling you that you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, yes. Stand firm, yes. And then watch the deliverance that the Lord will give to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them for the Lord will be with you. Then look what he does in verse 21. It just gets better. I love this. 
This is one of my favorite stories. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing, sing, come on, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army and they sang, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and as they began to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy who were invading Judah and they were defeated. If we would just praise in the face of the battle, if we would fast and we would allow the Lord then to get up and we could see him defeat the enemy that is coming up against us. Let me tell you something, friends. He wants to open the floodgates of cleansing. He wants to open the floodgates of healing. He wants to open the floodgates of deliverance and he wants to open the floodgates of victory in your life today. See, fasting, it requires faith, right? But see, faith doesn't falter. Faith doesn't give up. Because there are going to be times in this 21 days when you don't feel like praying anymore. And I'm telling you, friend, pray anyway. There are going to be times when the enemy comes in to discourage you. Pray anyway. There are going to be times when the enemy comes in to distract you. Pray anyway. There are going to be times when you're weary. Pray anyway. There are going to be times when you're tired. Pray anyway. And when you're not seeing the result that you want, turn that prayer into praise and proclaim his mighty power in your situation. Stop measuring. We got to stop measuring our faith by the size of the mountain that's in front of us and start seeing it for and magnifying and glorifying God for how great He is because He's greater than that mountain. Let me tell you that faith overrides the facts. Faith overrides the facts because when the doctor says it's going to take a miracle, you can say that's good because I know the miracle worker. And when, when the doctor uh, and he says there's no hope and when the bill collector calls and he says, you're late. You can say, that's okay. I might be late, but God, he's always on time and he provides for all of my needs. And you might find yourself slipping back into the chains of bondage and sin, but you can declare over yourself that Jesus came to set the captives free. Don't stop short, friends, of using all the elements available for your spiritual breakthrough. Fast for that healing. Fast for that freedom. Fast for the breaking of that generational curse and allow God to turn it into a generational blessing. And you know, he speaks about that specifically because I know there are people and they feel hopeless because of what they're seeing in their family. But I'm saying God wants to change it with you. Look at Isaiah chapter 58, verse six. It says this, is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? to loosen the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. And then he says this in verse 12, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. When we begin this fast, we're not just going into spiritual battle. We're being prepared 
prepared for what God wants to do in the next season. And he wants to use you. He wants to use you. Proclaim that over your life. Proclaim that over your kids. Say it. He wants to use me. Put it in the chat. He wants to use me. He wants to use you to lay the godly foundations of generations who will come after you. So let me show you what happened with King Jehoshaphat after their fast and after they allowed the Lord to fight the battle on their behalf. Verse 25 in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It says, Jehoshaphat and his men, they went to carry off their plunder. And there was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. And on that fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. See, after the battle was over, God's people got to collect the spoils for three days. That's three times longer, more than three times longer than the battle actually lasted. And I believe that God wants to do the same in your life. You see, it was God's battle, but it was their blessing. And I'm ready for what's next. You know what I'm saying? Like after this season, after going through what we're going through and all the different things that are happening right now, I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready for the new. I'm ready for what's going to come afterward. Because Jesus says, he, he, he says, uh, God says in Joel uh, chapter 2, verse 28, he says, I'm going to reveal my will to the people. I'm ready, guys, to dream dreams. I'm ready for our daughters to prophesy. I'm ready for our young men to see visions. And I'm ready for God to pour out revival on the land. And he says, that's what'll happen after we seek and we fast. See, when we fast and we pray, we become more sensitive to what the Spirit is telling us. And there's blessing in the obedience. There's blessing in obedience. And we need to be ready, friends, for the blessing. Would you pray with me? Wherever you're at, you can close your eyes or maybe you just want to walk around your living room. You know, so many of us, man, we watch this service every single week. Maybe we watch at 9 and 11. And when the doors were open and we had stuff happening here all the time, maybe we were here every single service. Maybe you watch noon prayer. You, you do all the things. But what I find is that sometimes we're still unwilling to change anything about our life. And I think that we love the idea of changing our circumstances more than the idea of God changing us. So in this fast, in this season, think of an area that needs to change. And not just situational breakthrough like my marriage or my job 
or my relationships, but rather think of a personal breakthrough. God, I'm selfish. I need you to make me a servant. God, I'm, I'm greedy. I need you to make me a giver. God, I'm just utterly broken, and I need you to make me whole. So for this 21 days of prayer and fasting, maybe your needs to be, prayer needs to be, God set me free from my stuff. Yes, yes, the other stuff too, but it starts with what you're doing in me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit, God, within me. Maybe you've never used any of the elements necessary for spiritual breakthrough because you're not a believer. You don't really even know what all of this means, but you know that you need to have Jesus into your life to be the Lord of your life. And if that's you today, and if you're saying, yes, Lord, I, I, need, I need a Savior, I just want you to pray a prayer something like this. Heavenly Father, come into my life. I, I recognize that, that I'm a sinner and that I need salvation through Jesus. So just invite him to come into your life right now, to be Lord of your life so that you can live all of your days on this earth walking with him and then spend eternity with him after that. And maybe today you're a believer, but you feel like you've fallen away a little bit. And this season is perfect for saying, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. And if that's you, just pray that prayer. God, renew that spirit in me. Renew that righteousness in me that can only come through you. I've fallen away, but I don't want to fall away anymore. I want to be renewed, and I'm going to use this time to get right with you. So Lord, we are so grateful that you are a merciful and a just and an ever-loving God and that you receive us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.